Welcome to season two of the Boston University podcast, the podcast for dog people. I'm John, if this is your first time listening. I'm a former animal cruelty officer and animal shelter supervisor. And I am Jamie. I am a dog trainer and a certified canine behavioral consultant. This week, we're discussing Thanksgiving safety, what your dog can and can't eat, the origins of a specific breed, and getting your dog over their obsession with the family cat. All that and more coming up next. So it's been a really busy week for us. Yes, it has. We just launched a new program. For those of you that know, we have Possum Walks. It's a dog walking pet care service that's in Monmouth County, New Jersey. And we just started offering a new service for our clients called Walk and Train. So we've been very busy getting our handlers up to speed, if you want to talk about that. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I think this has been a long time coming. It's been something that we've wanted to do and our walkers have wanted to do. They are now considered tutors. You know, we want to bring, you know, the, the best service that we can to our clients. I'm only one person, though, so there's not so much of me to go around, especially now that I'm pregnant. So a lot of our clients, when they're getting their dogs walked, sometimes their dogs are a little bit difficult. Maybe they're not walked that often. So when they're walking with their walker, it's difficult. They're having a rough time. So we kind of came up with a plan to have our dog walkers that walk these dogs weekly daily to train them while they're walking so it's a train and walk so they get their walk they get to go potty they get to eat go to the bathroom whatever they got to do and they also get trained during that time frame they are going to receive updates on all their progress to their to their owner we're all going to stay in communication we do have multiple dog walkers that walk multiple dogs at the same time everyone's got to be on the same page together and I think our walkers are really excited we got to do a really fun couple of meetings all as a group and we always have a blast together where I'm teaching everybody exactly what they need to do Uh, we're doing you know basic commands um, healing but I don't really call it healing I call it with me and just making them better dogs overall and having an easier time while they're you know doing their daily job yeah we're really excited to offer that for our clients and we really hope that we're going to start changing the way people do pet service and dog walking and our overall goal has always been just make the world a better place for dogs. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one more step in that direction. Well, I think one of the biggest things is dog reactivity. That's one of the biggest things our dog walkers deal with because they're walking their, you know, our clients' dogs during lunchtime or at four or five o'clock when people are coming home from work and mm-hmm. it's high traffic. And then, you know, dogs are barking, growling, lunging, and it's disarray. And most of the time when it's the owner doing it, they're so embarrassed. They just try to rush their dogs through these moments. In reality, we have to actually practice these moments with them and and use the proper tools to get them to be less reactive less scared less you know upset because that's what it is your dog's upset so let's fix it and that's what we're going to do we're going to fix it so season two is going to bring a whole new structure to our podcast i cannot believe we're on season two it's crazy so one of the new installments is going to be the weird fact of the week i love it you love it this this week's is, is a good one it's the first one but it's the good one but you're not supposed to know it already were you reading my notes Oh, was I not supposed to read your notes? Oh, my God. Whoops. Right. Well, then this is for everybody else. (laughs) The weird fact of the week. This week is, did you know dachshunds? And for those of you that don't know, it's a weenie dog. You might know the weenie dog. Yeah. Dachshunds were originally bred to fight badgers and hunt them. But but what really is a badger? What do you mean, what is a badger? Is it like a squirrel? What is it? I guess back then they were quite the nuisance. (laughs) But that explains if you have a dachshund or most people now have chewinis, which my parents have. It's a chihuahua dachshund mix. Cutest name ever. Chichi Bean. Chichi Bean. Um, Her real name is Daisy Mae, but we call her Chichi Bean. Because she just 
She's a chichi. She's a chichi bean. I don't know how to explain. She <laughs> looks like a chihuahua, but she's also a dachshund. It's adorable. It is. But if you have one of those, you'll notice that they're big time burrowers. They'll burrow into like chichi bean. They'll burrow into warm laundry. They'll burrow into couches. Warm into laundry, dirty laundry. Your girl is nasty. That's true. <laughs> she does both. She's an equal opportunity burrower. Yes. Blankets, uh, your mom's legs, your armpits. She doesn't care. That's all finely ingrained in them into burrowing to get like little rodents and stuff. But yeah, they were originally bred for, to fight yeah. and hunt badgers. Had their long little bodies and their short little legs. They could fit into places like that. I'm really glad that we live in 2019, soon to be 2020, where yep. we don't have to worry about badgers being a nuisance. I agree. Speaking of 2020, the holidays are here. I know. I'm so excited. Time of recording this and the time that it's published, it's going to be Thanksgiving week. Yes. So why not talk about food safety with Thanksgiving? It's very important. Incredibly important, especially when you are hosting mm-hmm. and you have so much going on. The last thing you're thinking about is what is Baxter doing? Baxter. Guess what? He's going through the garbage. Yes, he or is. Or he's getting fed food by all the kids that are over. I'm thinking of uh, yeah. Christmas family vacation. Snots. <laughs> Snots, the, the Rottweilers going through the, cr- nosing through the trash. No, no. He's, <laughs> he's probably just nosing through the trash. He's probably just nosing through the trash. Huh? I love that movie. It's the best. So I wanted to cover some, some poison risk things to look out for. Yes. Because... You get mixed information all the time or mm-hmm. you just forget because it's really only one time a year that you're worried about your dog being yeah. fed. Yeah, no, you're turkey. right. You don't do it every day. So let's talk about food safety on Thanksgiving and the holidays going forward. Yes. Up until after the new year. A lot of foods could be a poison risk to your dog. We have fatty foods, which are hard to digest and will actually create other issues. So you have turkey. Mm-hmm. You have the meat of the turkey. Now, I know that there's a lot of mixed reports and you disagree with me. I said that they could eat the meat. You were like, no, absolutely not. No, you make a great argument because John is right. There is tons of dog food that the main ingredient is turkey. Mm-hmm. I think what gets me nervous is if you allow it, like you're like, oh, well, the meat's fine, but the skin's not. You are opening yourself up to accidents. So it's a CYA, you're saying, like just to avoid any issues, yeah. just tell people no turkey. Yes, I think because like how you're saying, like fatty foods on Thanksgiving, like the turkey you're making for Thanksgiving is way different than the turkey that they're making for their food. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Like there's so much more fat in there. Like I remember last year, didn't my mom triple brine the turkey? She did. So it was like it was incredible. super delicious. I don't like turkey. That's just me. That's not what I go for. I go for all the other stuff on the table but this turkey that my mom made because she double double triple brined I don't know what she did <laughs> it was so delicious but that's way different than the turkey that is going into kibble for your dog so yeah can they probably have the meat and and be okay sure but what if you deep fried it or you put something special in there that's making it super extra fatty and seasoning it, seasoning dog yeah. food turkey is not seasoned so yeah, exactly. So you're talking about, you know, rosemary, a bunch of salt. Yeah, butter, all this stuff. that People go crazy. Butter. People do weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's onions in the carcass. You know what I mean? So it's just like there's so, so many variables here that could get messed up. And what if, like, you say it like, okay, you can have the turkey meat and then someone just goes buck wild. Mm-hmm. So that's... Give them uh, the whole turkey. Exactly. Right. So I, that makes me nervous. So, so I'd rather say just don't do it. Yeah. 
Don't risk it. And now where I stand, the meat is okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do large quantities. Yeah. The meat's okay. It's the skin and the visceral fat on the skin. That's the real problem. And the seasoning on the skin, mm-hmm. that's all yes. what the real problem is. Um, th- you could even cause pancreatitis from all the fat. So no skin. If you want to give them a taste of the meat, let them test it. See if it passes their test. Tiny piece. Tiny. Go ahead. Don't give them a whole leg. But, <laughs> and then maybe stick with their regular dog food. Because... Yes. <laughs> they're still going to enjoy the smells and they're not going to know the difference. Exactly. Another issue you need to look out for is the bones, especially on a turkey when it's been cooked. For a long time. They will splinter. And if you leave the carcass on top of the oven and you're not paying attention to Which it. Which everyone does. Mm-hmm. They do, it's just so easy. You just put it, it there. <laughs> you run out of space. Yeah. So it goes right on top of the oven. Yeah, absolutely. That's prime. That's so tempting. That mm-hmm. is That is prime real estate for your dog to go up and grab and those bones if they digest them you could run into a serious issue with blockage or splintering or they cut their uh, intestines i'd rather a blockage over splintering any day because then you're getting something punctured so that's another thing you need to look out for next is holiday sweets you're headed down a track of a lot of diarrhea (laughs) which is never fun everybody knows the issue with chocolate and it's I think it's the polyphenols in chocolate that's toxic, mm-hmm. but it's only, it's more prevalent. It's in the cocoa, so it's more prevalent in dark chocolate. Yes. I think that's, if we want to go into a little bit more about that, I think a lot of people have a misconception about the same thing with turkey, is that everybody, like, if your dog does get into chocolate, obviously, like, you freak out. But I can think, you know, last year when, when Jess and Carlo, our brother, and uh, his brother and, and our sister-in-law, got uh, their new adopted pit bull, he got into... A whole thing of M&M's, I think it was. It was a big bag. It wasn't like a little bag. A lot of chocolate. And so she, they were freaking out. And then I, I called them. I said, you know, what kind of chocolate was it? It was white chocolate. I was like, oh, you're good. Mm. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He may have the poops, yeah, but that's about it. Poops, but that's, yeah. It's the dark chocolate that really gets them. So, I mean, if even if it's like milk chocolate, like obviously, like you get upset and you're probably nervous but don't freak out there's a lot of factors as well there's yes. you know how big is the dog how compared to how much oh, yeah is it is it milk chocolate is it dark chocolate is it semi-sweet and that's all things that you can call your vet mm-hmm. and they could kind of guide you so usually most of the time even if it is dark chocolate you could just give them like two capsules of peroxide and depending they'll, on they'll how big your dog up, is and the vet will be like as long as they're acting normal after they throw it up don't even bring them in Hundred percent. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go crazy and like rush your dog in the car immediately. Like consult somebody first. You're gonna waste a lot of time. You're gonna upset your dog. Upset yourself. Yeah. It's not worth it. They may diarrhea in your car. <clears throat> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about sweets is a lot. Not all these fad diets that are, have been nonstop Ugh. onslaught of fad diets. Now we have all these processed ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, was it xylitol? Xylitol is the biggest that's one. Super toxic. Yeah, I mean, it's you know people are trying to cut out regular sugar, so they're using you know other stuff. Sugar alternatives, which are not pet friendly. No, especially really. it's in gum. So watch yourselves. I don't want to go down this road, but it's arguably not even human friendly. <laughs> but don't get him started. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> and then there's some foods that are healthy for us but not for them which is where people usually get mixed up mm-hmm. specifically onions raisins grapes which are kind of the same thing just yes. a dried grape people forget that that they're two different things though they're so different well people forget that they're the same thing just same thing two different it, processes i get i got I yeah you got what I'm, you picking up what i'm putting down stuffing usually has onions in it large pieces yes. of onions um you know what's funny i don't think i ever told you this but 
since I got pregnant, well, not anymore, when I was in the beginning of being pregnant before I started like really showing, I kept messing up the fact that like dogs can ha- can't have onions and I kept thinking that I can't have onions oh, now because that you're pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not right. That's dogs. I had to keep looking it up. <laughs> yeah. No, I just had to keep reminding myself that I'm not a dog. Someone at Google's like, why has this woman searched can pregnant women eat onions 48 <laughs> times this week? Yes, that's me. That's funny. Silly. Not anymore. I've, I've gotten past that. No pie or other desserts, period. Yes. You're just headed down the wrong path, especially with guests. You don't know. If you do it, they're going to do it times 10. Or they already have done it. Yeah. So what you thought was a little piece of pumpkin pie is now three and a half pieces. Exactly. And not for nothing, grandparents are the worst. I mean, aka my father thinks that food is love. And, you know, these people are coming to your house. You have animals and they're like, oh, I'm such a dog person. I want the dog to love me. Well, yeah, of course the dog's going to love you if you're hand feeding him pumpkin pie. So they just keep it going. Oh, look how happy they are. No, you're going to, again, diarrhea. So yeast dough is another problem. Yeah, which I didn't know. Actually doing this research, I had no idea. What's yeast dough? Is that like donuts and pizza? Uh, yeah, I guess it's just more yeasty A yeast-based dough? Yeah. Instead of like flour and... Yeah, like um, anything that I guess needs to rise. So like, you're right, like donuts and um, pizza dough and yeah, any, anything that needs to sit, I think, to... Uh, what's the word? What do they call it? Rise. Some, rise, maybe. I don't know. There, there's another word yeah. for it. Some chef out there is like, these idiots... Yeah. <laughs> Well, John always does tell me um, I'm a really good cook, but I need to work on my baking. <laughs> I don't say you need to work on your baking. I say you're a terrible baker. That's so rude you're and ex- hurtful. exceptional cook, a terrible baker. Well, my mother always does all the baking. That's, and we should keep it that way for as Thank long as God, we can. You're awful. Love you, Mom. <laughs> so yeast, though, painful gas, dangerous bloating because that yeast is still active sometimes. And yeah. I guess it gets to the stomach and just goes to town and in the byproduct of, of yeast eating sugar is gas yep and then you don't want to have bloating issues with your dog and i guess the reason why this is coming up for holidays and stuff like that is because again you don't have people over at your house eating an entire feast so you're way more likely to give the dog a higher quantity of this stuff than you would on any other normal day so th- that's why it's coming up so these are always an issue it's just holidays or the culprits and i like your tip to Buy a treat especially for your dog. I think it's very sweet. I think so too, especially all the temptations around them. They don't know the difference if you give them a, like we've been on a yak bone kick. We love yak bones now. If you give them a yak bone and they're like, oh, this is great. Everybody's got a yak bone. Everybody's having a good time. (laughs) Especially Opal Shinga. No idea what's going on. And that'll hopefully help you or family members if you have a dad like you do Uh who likes to... Make sure every dog gets a taste of what he's having. Maybe the yak bone will help those temptations. Make everybody feel a little less guilty. Let me put it in perspective for all of you. My dad makes extra bacon and eggs for the dogs when he's eating bacon and eggs. It's inappropriate. Gets himself in trouble. All the time. Now, a pretty good tip. Put away the trash. This happens in my house all the time because we would just go, go, go. And you'll see on Thursday, if you didn't notice any of the last couple of years, by that little the little island up against the wall uh-huh. i bet you towards the end of the night there will be a big garbage bag uh-huh. le- leaned up against that every every time and at some point one of the dogs is going to get yelled at for putting their head in the garbage it's bag it's always zoe it's always zoe it's never chi chi because i think chi chi's actually terrified of it, how large it is it was always bruno yes bruno gave no shit. he didn't care no he feared nothing no 
It was Bruno's world, and we were all just living in it. Not, not a thing did this dog fear. <laughs> and towards the end, he's blind as a bat. Still pissing everybody off. He would, his mother would be doing the dishes, and the dishwasher would be down so she could load it. And she would turn her back, turn back around, and he would be on top. Standing on it. Standing on it, licking the dirty plates. Psycho. (laughs) And she'd say, get down. And he would literally like, again, being blind, just look in her direction for a second and then continue what he was doing. He literally did not care. Great dog. Yeah. So put away the trash. Just assign somebody a job. Say, hey, just change out the trash if you have kids. If you have, um, you know, younger relatives coming over or if you just want to do it yourself, just get the trash out of there because that's all these smells and all these people. Your dog is not going to be behaving the way they normally do. Mm-hmm. They're normally well behaved. They're Now they're overstimulated and they're going to get themselves into trouble. So avoid an issue before there is one and just take the trash out. Even if you don't want to take it all the way to like where you actually put your trash, like put it outside your front door. Just so it's out of the house and not in the backyard, like where they can go. Like, don't put it outside the back door. Do the front door where they're not going to be. This way, it's just out of there. You can quickly put it outside. You don't have to, you know, freak out and yell at someone to go and do it. Just take care of it. I mean, ours, we have, we definitely need a new trash can. It's it's seen better days, but it does have a lock on it, which is super helpful. So if you do have a trash can that has a lock, I would definitely utilize that. John's parents have one that is more of like the top that kind of pushes through, which isn't great. Like, like, thankfully, they don't have any big dogs. But if, you know, my parents' dog was at their house, he could stick his whole head in there and just have a smorgasbord. Or Oakley. Or Oakley. Oakley would do that. You know, in hindsight, I don't think we should have covered this topic because I think I just gave myself a job. On At Thursday, your own parents' I think, house. I think the first thing she's going to say to me is, now you're taking out the garbage. Uh-huh. You're going to see it halfway through the night. Yep. Zoe's oh. going to be upset. Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> I'll sneak her something. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> Another concern that a lot of people don't think about or consider at first, you're going to have guests coming over, and a lot of time guests like to bring gifts. And sometimes those gifts are holiday plants. Yes. Like poinsettias. I love that word. Toxic to dogs. Very, very toxic. Very toxic. The, I think the leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful plant. Very toxic. Amaryllis. Baby's breath. Sweet Williams. I don't even know what a Sweet Williams is. I don't is. know either. It sounds lovely though. Some ferns, hydrangeas, and more. Yes. So holiday plants could be poisonous. So keep an eye on them. If you can have a second, just Google what it is. If you're mm-hmm. going to leave it on the floor, just look it up. Is this toxic to dogs? Or again, leave it outside for the time being until you can figure out and the holiday is over and bring it inside and put it up on a shelf. Yeah, unless it's too cold. Then you put it in shock and you got bottom. True. Okay, you're right. I am no gardener. Mm. My dad's probably at home shaking his fist right now. <laughs> so if you do run into any of these issues, food, plants, anything toxic, quick action will save lives. So you can call your vet, your local emergency clinic. If you're local to the Monmouth County area, I know that we have... Garden State Veterinary Hospital, which is amazing. Red Bank Veterinary Hospital, also amazing. And uh, North Star is not too far from here. Call your emergency clinic. They should be able to guide you. You can also call the ASPCA Poison Control Hotline. That's 888-426-4435. Again, 888-426-4435. That's the ASPCA Poison Control Line. However, we have called them before when my mother accidentally overdosed Bruno, Bruno on pain meds. Yes. And he was just, he was, he was tripping. He was tramadol. He was tripping. He should have been passed out, but instead he was wide-eyed 
just staring for hours. Just stared at a wall. Uh, we did call them, and they wanted like forty or sixty dollars. Sixty bucks. Sixty dollars before they would tell us anything. Before she even got to ask the question. I can't speak for if their policy has changed, but last time I checked, they do charge. So go to call your local vet first. If your vet is 24 hours, give them a call or call a local emergency clinic. Always have that number handy, too, because you never know when a problem is going to happen. Get to know your emergency clinics in your area. So now I am going to go over the precautions for parties. Uh, This goes for anything that you guys are doing during the holidays, not just the actual holiday itself. Everybody likes to have their own parties and stuff like that. So this is more like for behavioral stuff that we're looking out for. Yes. So uh, visitors coming to your home, especially if this is like not the norm for you, this can really upset your pet. So you need to really take into account what your dog is going through when their behaviors do change. So almost expect there to be a little bit of a hiccup unless your dogs are used to people coming over a lot. Because there is a higher than usual noise and activity level going on, just expect something to go wrong. And that's okay. It's very important for you to have a plan for your dog, especially if they are shy or scared. This could be a rescue. This could be a dog that, you know, maybe you just haven't socialized that well yet. They're new to the family or maybe they're old and maybe they have like an illness or something similar to that where they're cranky and they're allowed to be. So don't put them in any situations that um, may, you know, kind of provoke them in a way. You know, let them be, if you have guests coming in and they want to say hi to your dogs, that's fine. But make sure that your dog is comfortable with that. And that is, that is something that you're comfortable with as well. Like if you're thinking in the back of your head, uh, maybe you should just leave the dog alone. You need to speak up and that's okay. Don't feel rude. It's your dog and it's your dog's house. And that's all right. So compromise immune systems. This I wrote down actually for myself. Not that I care because I'm around dogs 24-7, but I am pregnant. So because I'm pregnant, my immune system is compromised as well as people who, you know, are sick. Maybe they are going through chemo or, you know, they've got something going on where their immune system is definitely lower than it usually is. Just let them know if they've never been to your house before that you do have animals, that you want them to be prepared. And especially if you have exotic animals. This was like, when I looked, when I was doing a lot of research, this was one of the biggest things that came up. I'm assuming, you know, exotic animals kind of hold on to some stuff more than dogs and cats do. But I was told when I did get pregnant, do not change the litter box. And I said, I do not have a cat. This will not be a problem. But apparently uh, changing the litter box for cats is definitely a problem for pregnant women. Another thing, like I was just saying before, if if your guests want to, you know, play with your dog and pet your dog, but your dog's not feeling it, just remember, it's it's their house, and and we are we do. I think because we get so excited about the holidays, and we know exactly what's going to happen. We just expect our dogs to play along and be on the same page as us. But you know, no one sits down with them at a family meeting and says, "Hey, we're having a ton of people over tomorrow. Are you cool with that?" So when they come over, it's like the Fourth of July. Like it just kind of. St- started and they weren't prepared they didn't know it was going to happen so like all these emotions are rushing at the same exact time so just remember give them the benefit of the doubt try to move things slowly um if you do have a lot of people this is actually a, a tip that i gave one of my other clients she's a very very anxious dog and um he doesn't get socialized that often so she was having i think this was last year she was having thanksgiving or christmas and i told her i said stagger your guests that'll really help him like try to have like certain people like come like every half hour just so your dog doesn't get bombarded with like eight people all at once like that's that's just a lot especially for an anxious dog that doesn't see people often I mean 
so terrifying for them when you put them when you put yourselves in their shoes so just remember it's their house too. try to make them as comfortable as possible if you do have a dog that is super shy maybe is a bite wrist dog that gets uncomfortable and is more of like a I'm gonna go forward rather than run away we call that fight or flight I'd rather a flighter because then they're just gonna run but a fighter could potentially harm somebody so you really want to take care of your guests and make sure that you're not putting your dog in a bad situation so if you do have a dog that you are nervous about especially around kids kids are like little drunk aliens I say this all the time you cannot trust them and that's again that's okay you need to do what you can for your dog to put them in a really good spot so gating them off into like a separate room where they can see everybody but they're not free flowing throughout the room able to do whatever they want if you want to put them in a back room because they're a barker or they really do get upset then do what you can in that room to make it very soothing for your dog. You can put on some music, um, give them a frozen marrow bone, keep them busy and try to drown out all the noise from your guests. Do anything you can do that you know your dog would enjoy. So you're not just, you know, putting them to the side. You're making them a priority as well. And you're not going to make this situation, this experience for them awful. So every, you know, holiday that runs around, they're like, oh my God, I hate this time of year. You know, I'm so stressed out during this time. Uh, Dogs are way smarter than we think they are and they do pick up on this stuff. One thing I have for our escape artists. Now, this has been a big topic lately. This is like the time of year, other than like the beginning of summer, where I find that a lot of dogs get lost. Um, I think because the holidays are the biggest time where people come to your house and doors are open and, and, and it's cold. So they're not they're not used to that. So the first thing they're going to do when someone comes in, unless they're really well trained on this, is run for the door. Try to work on your sit and wait. This is huge. If you have an escape artist, they are going to be looking for that door opening. That is that's their their one thing that they're going to be looking for. They're not going to be concerned with the people coming in or, you know, the coats that are coming off. It's going to be that door that's wide open. So really really watch for that. The other thing to watch for, for the escape artist, make sure they have their collar on. Dad, I'm talking to you. My father thinks, like I said, that food is love, but he also thinks that every single dog is uncomfortable when they have a collar on, which is just uh, ridiculous to me. He constantly takes off um, my family dog Gatsby's collar. So whenever I'm over, I go, oh, you're naked. Where's your collar? Calling him out. Calling him out because it's true. And a, and a lot of other people are like this as well. They think if they, the collar is on, and I get it. If you create your dog and you have dog tags on there, and you obviously that's a huge, huge risk to have dog tags on while in a crate because if they get stuck, then then they're stuck. But Gatsby is not created. There's no excuse. Last winter, we had my upstairs bathroom redone. And the door was left open and Gatsby went for a nice long stroll down the block. He was having a ball. Naked, of course, no collar, nothing. Thankfully, he is microchipped and it didn't get to that point because he realized five houses down he had no idea where he was and was scared and ran home. So positive for that, but not every dog is like that. Have your collars on and make sure your microchips are up to date. Festive decor. This kind of goes off of what John was saying about people bringing gifts over, um, flowers and just things in general that aren't out in the open they're more wrapped a lot of dogs and I've seen so many videos of this that dogs love to unwrap gifts and they think it's hysterical and fun which it is but if you're leaving that unwrapped gift on the floor most likely they're going to be like "Ooh, what's going on in here and take that uh your other festive decor going on candles a lot of people like to light candles when the holidays are going on because they want the house to smell nice make sure you're not leaving like in your bedroom, if that's where you're going to put your dog during the night because they don't do well with guests, do not leave that candle lit. 
especially if they're anxious because they will they don't care they will hit into anything and then you could have a fire on your hands pine cones needles anything decor wise that's small enough um that they may be like oh this looks like fun huge huge choking hazard and blockage hazard so just keep an eye on all that good stuff and lastly we have travel concerns which is probably on the last of anybody's radar did you know you need a health certificate if you took your dog across state lines you know we we need a we need a passport so i guess it makes sense yeah, not for state lines though but it, it's a disease control thing yes i'm not entirely sure if this applies to like non-commercial mm-hmm. that's definitely something you need to ask your vet because they're going to know depending on your state but sometimes you're going to need a health certificate if you're going to travel over state lines. And sure, you might not get caught. But if you get pulled over, you could be faced with some type of transportation issue. Mm-hmm. So ask your vet if that applies in your state. And they should be able to guide you on if you need a health certificate or not. Do not leave dogs in a car at night while you enjoy the holiday. That's a, Obviously, that's kind of a no-brainer. It gets It's getting pretty cold now. Yes. And that would definitely warrant inhumane conditions where you Mm -hmm. could run into some issues with one you could lose your dog yeah and you could face legal ramifications or have somebody break out one of your windows so we're also big proponents of restraining your dog when they're in the car so there's all kinds of seatbelt options Mm -hmm. for seatbelts that actually click directly into the car's factory seatbelt and then it's a clip leash on the end and you clip it to a harness yes so that's always a really good option. I think ideally a, a backclip harness would be perfect for that kind of restraining mm-hmm. situation. Yes. But any harness, never to like a Martingale or a clip collar because you can run into a neck injury if, God forbid, you do get into an accident. Yes, it absolutely should be a harness. I have spoken about this uh, in season one, but I'll just briefly say again, if you have a dog that is all over the place, try to get two of them so you can plug one into the right side and one into the left side so then your dog is caddy cornered into the middle of the car so they can't pull left or right they're like they're they can only go so far just make sure that they can lay down yes so they can lay down comfortably just make sure they're good to go but that they're still safe if you are staying with relatives make sure that you consider everything your dog needs so obviously your relative hopefully has water yes but if you need to pack their food for how many days If you have medication and if you think you'll have any issues where you're going to need vet records, make sure you have those on you. Mm -hmm. And make sure you, if your dog is on meds, make sure you have enough. Oh yeah, pack for each day. Yeah. Well, I made that mistake. It might have been pregnancy brain when we went camping. I actually did it with food. I actually You packed one day short. I packed one day short. Which ended up working out. It did. Because we left a day short. (laughs) You could could listen in season one to find out why that happened. (laughs) Boarding, is it a right choice for you? Before you make all these plans, the last thing you want is to get a phone call from the kennel saying that you need to come pick up your dog. Boarding is not a good choice for a lot of pets, especially ones that come from a shelter. They, They have emotional trauma. Being in a kennel surrounded by a bunch of other dogs in his confined space is going to take them right back to when they were in the shelter or Mm -hmm. in a kennel. And it could bring up a lot of bad memories and they could have issues there. They could have severe anxiety. They could come back with a lot of anxiety, come back with a lot of behavioral issues, stomach problems and kind of relapse in their in their training. So make sure that your dog can handle the stress of a kennel before you make those arrangements, even if you need to do like a one day trial. And it'll cost money, but you're going to save yourself trouble in the long run. If that doesn't work out, I'm sure that there's a dog walking service in your area. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they're insured. Make sure they're licensed. 
it's a wonderful alternative to having to put your dog in a kennel. And then talk to your vet on if you do need to kennel them or bring them to a boarding facility or like an all-day daycare. Talk to your vet about the Bordetella mm-hmm. vaccine, which is it goes in it's intranasal. There's no needles. It just gets squirted up their nose. You know, you want to your canine flu, kennel cough. It's a concern. Yes. So you want to make sure all your bases are covered so you don't come home. You know, have a dog coming home and hacking up a lung and then you got to have a very expensive vet bill. Kennel cough is no joke. It's pretty rough. It's the worst sound in the world, and you can't do anything to help them. And you're going to have to go to the vet. You're going to have to buy them uh, antibiotics. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to keep them quarantined. So it's a whole big headache. Make sure that you – it's cheap. It's widely available. Look it up. There's there's a whole bunch of vaccine options. Yes. And they're safe. One they're thing, very safe. One thing I wanted to add about, you know, if you are boarding your dog and John's saying make sure your dog is, is a good candidate for it. If your dog is not dog friendly, please don't put them in a kennel because it's so stressful for them. All they're going to smell is other dogs. Oh, God. And like, I get it. You know, there are some kennels that are like, oh, they're great for dogs that uh, don't do well with other dogs and don't do daycare. Because, oh, they can go for a walk, they can do this, but all that other time that they're not with, you know, an attendant, like, they have to be in their in their kennel all day. There's barking and stuff, and it's it's stressful. You're not there. So, take, take that into account. So, that wraps up Thanksgiving safety and holiday season safety. I'm sure we'll think of some more stuff as we get closer to Hanukkah and, and Christmas, and we'll be able to come up with a little bit more tips. But that should really cover you for Thanksgiving if you were at all concerned. Although I know most of you are amazing dog owners and you already got this and you're seasoned hosts. Mm -hmm. And we're all just looking forward for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So we'll wrap up that section and head over to a new section in season two, which would be accomplishment of the week where you get to brag about one of your amazing clients. Yes. I'm very excited about this one because this is not this is actually probably one of. The most big, the biggest complaints that I get from cat owners is that. Yeah. So this is what we alluded to at the beginning of this episode where one dog Mm -hmm. is getting over her obsession with the family cat. Yes. Two family cats. Two family cats. Two family cats. So introduce us to Luna. Luna is, I think she's an Aussie shepherd mix. She is, she's little. She's like maybe maybe 35 pounds, so she's she's tiny. Big personality, very sweet. She loves attention. And so what I think really goes on is the fact that mom and dad also have two cats that mostly hang out in the back. But when they come into the living room where Luna mostly hangs out, it's like an OCD tendency that she cannot help herself. She has to go after them. Um, she does not want to hurt them. I think she genuinely wants to play with them. They, one runs for the hills and is a little bit more feisty. And then the other one kind of tolerates it, kind of runs at the same time, like doesn't run into the back of the apartment, will stay in the living room and like hide in the shelves, which then things are flying everywhere and it's just a mess. Um, but that cat doesn't really fight back, which is, which is one of the main problems. I wish they both fought back because then... Luna would learn, okay, both of them don't like it, but when one tolerates it, it kind of makes it okay in her eyes. So what I notice is if mom or dad give them attention, even say their names, she is so upset and she has to go after them. She can't stop herself. So this is something they've been struggling with for three years now. So what I had them do was 
Find something that Luna really likes to do, some some really good, long-lasting mental stimulation, some enrichment, uh, which happens to be marrow bones filled with Greek yogurt for her. And they actually, I said, you know, if she's good with her leash, now she has no issues with being on her leash, it's not a problem for her, it does not stress her out, she doesn't find it crazy or uh, or exciting because she has it on so much because they live in an apartment building, so that's a common thing for her. I said, put her leash on, put her harness on, and tie her somewhere in the living room where you don't have to have your hands on the leash. So they actually tied her to a bookshelf um, close to the TV, and then they invited both cats to come out and sit with them. They have done this, I think, every single night for the last two weeks where they give her a bone, she lays down on her bed, they watch TV, the cats sit on the couch, and the cats are just in Luna's presence, and they're not being attacked by her. And she's focused on something else. This has helped dramatically. Psychologically, what is this doing? Is this like desensitizing her to Yeah, them? yeah, it's exactly what it is. She's not around the cats long enough. She's so used to, they're, they're like to her, the routine is, oh, the cats come out, I run and chase them, mm. and then they run away. Why would she do anything different? Because she gets attention when she does it because they yell at her. So they, they say, Luna, they, they they call her back. So she's like, oh, I get the best of both worlds. I get to mess with the cats and I get mom and dad's attention. Why would I stop this? You have to change up the routine. You have to make the scenario different. And this way, what how they did it with tying her up in a nice way where she's not stressed out. She has positive reinforcement. She has something that she really likes better than the cats while the cats are near her, while the cats are getting attention from mom and dad and she could care less. Mm. It is, it, it doesn't happen overnight and I know it's a pain in the butt to do it, but you could do this for two weeks straight like they did and then be sitting pretty for the rest of your life. And how's she doing now? She's doing great. They can actually come out, like not while they're practicing this, just on a normal day when Luna's loose and all the doors are open. They can actually walk into the kitchen. She'll look up, but she does not run after them like they like they it's used awesome. to. And it's yeah. only going to get better. Yes, exactly. And mom and dad are like really, they're so invested in this and they care so much. The best that, kind of parents. Exactly. I love it. They're they're prime candidates for, for clients. And uh, they're on it. So if they see one of the cats walk out, they, they look for Luna. They have her look at them. They calm her down. They have her wait. They give her give her a little bit of pets, and then they go about their business. That's perfect. Yes, that's awesome. Good job, Luna. We're yes. all rooting for you. Proud, and I'm sure the cats are super happy about it. I don't blame them. Yes. Are you open to fielding a question before we wrap this up? Of course, let's do it. All right. This one's actually from my aunt Connie. Oh, aunt Connie. She says, how do I get my dog to stop peeing in my house? No matter how many times we take him for walks and let him out in the yard, he's still having accidents. Or maybe they're not accidents. What do you think? I think that this is a very loaded question. There are so many variables here. So I have a lot of questions for her. How much room does your does your dog have? Has your dog ever been crated? Did they ever learn to be crated and not pee in the crate? And Connie has a very large house. If if the dog is having accidents repetitively and consistently, I know I think the I think he's over a year now. He's over a year. If if there's too much space and he's so used to going into the house very similar to what I just said about Luna how they had to change up the scenario they had to change up the routine I am not one of those trainers that's like oh well your dog doesn't respect you so they lose all this stuff I'm not like that I I, if your dog is having accidents there's a reason why and you need to figure it out is it spite 
This is not always the norm. A lot of people think it is, but it's not normally. Sometimes it's because they want attention and they know that that's how they get attention, but it's not spite. It's not malicious. It's I've learned over time when I pee, I get attention. They just want attention. That's it. That's really what they want. They don't want to get in trouble most of the time. It doesn't go for every dog, but I know her dog is super friendly and cute and and just, you know, really vivacious and exuberant. So I'm thinking there's probably too much space going on in the house. There's there's too much room for him to go off by himself. He clearly hasn't learned that you only go outside. I usually tell people, keep them. If you're not paying attention, if your dog is not with you, and this doesn't mean that the dog can't go with you in different rooms of the house, but there should be a place where your dog stays for most of the time until potty training's over exactly and then they get free roam and it shouldn't be a problem exactly so kitchen area is usually the best because not many people have carpet in their kitchen so pick an area that you can clean up easily make that the area if you are not paying attention to your dog if you're in your room in your room folding laundry sure your dog can come with you because you're, you're it's right there you you can see what's going on and start your your potty training all over again we call this in the training world going back to kindergarten you literally need to start from scratch you need to take the dog out every half hour you better have great treats on you you better be ready to praise the dickens out of this dog when they're going put a name to it we say do peepees outside and when you say it all three dogs get up and run because they know they're going outside Um, you need to put a word to it praise food Every single time they go outside. If you are not doing this, then your dog is not realizing that there is a there is a perk to urinating outside. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're like, oh, well, either way, I get to go. <laughs> so they don't care. Putting the, the food, to, definitely the food. The food is key. Um, we were actually struggling with this with Opal, the blind one. She's puppy. And she was having accidents at like five months, but she was good when she was three and four months because we stopped treating her. And we didn't do it long enough. I'm a trainer. And I was like getting so frustrated. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not even doing what I tell my clients to do. That's so stupid. So then when we started doing it again, she doesn't have accidents anymore. So really start from scratch. Take away the amount of space that you're giving your dog 24-7. Pay attention. You have a dog that likes to pee. Pay attention. You cannot be distracted. If you have to bring a crate into the situation, do it in a positive reinforcement way. It cannot be used for punishment ever. Not once, not now, not never. It needs to be the holy grail of places to go. So frozen marrow bones, bully sticks while you're home. Um, anything that they can work on long lasting in that crate, that's what they get when they're in the crate. And that's going to work because they don't want to be next to their poop. They don't want to be next to their pee. For the most so they'll, part. So they'll hold it. Unlike For Opal. the most part. There are some Unlike weirdos Opal. out there. I don't think this is that case. <laughs> yes. So start from basics. I, I am more than confident that he could finally be potty trained, but you need consistency Absolutely. and you need structure. And both of those things for a long enough time, which really should only be two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will solve all your problems from here on out. If you have any questions, you know how to reach us and we can always uh, you know, help you out. Just let us know. Yeah, we are totally open to, open to helping with questions that you have. And that goes for everybody listening. If you want your question answered and featured on the podcast, you can head over to postuniversity.com forward slash learn hashtag ask. And that's going to take you right down to the bottom of the learn page where you can ask your question. If that link isn't working for you, just try forward slash learn. So postuniversity.com forward slash learn. Scroll all the way down to the bottom 
and you'll see the form there. Yes. Otherwise, do the hashtag ask in the link and it'll take you right to that form. Subscribe to this podcast. Rate us five stars if you're liking season two, the new structure, the new music, the new artwork. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel good about season two. Me too. Feel good I'm about really excited. So rate us five stars. Share us with a friend because that really, really helps us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Possum University. And then hashtag Possum University Podcast if you want to be featured in our weekly newsletter. And also reach out to us if you'd like to be added to our newsletter. But use that hashtag. We will find you and maybe we'll share your dog's picture in our newsletter. Share it across to other Possum University listeners. Yes. That's all we have for the first episode of season two. Until next week. Class dismissed.